0: You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. Well, today we're continuing our foundation series. And if you've been tuning in the past several weeks, hopefully you've been as blessed and encouraged by the messages as I've been. But today we're specifically gonna talk about how and why we should tell others. How and why we should tell others. Because you know, that's really the whole focal point of our Christian walk is being able to share Jesus with those that we come in contact with in our social circles, in our work circles, in our family and our friends. And so, you know, me personally, I'm a PK preacher's kid, pastor's kid, whatever you wanna call it. And so I grew up in the church. I grew up, you know, hearing about and being taught about Jesus all my life. And I accepted Christ at a very early age. And honestly, you know, although as I grew up and walked throughout life, I didn't always live right. I didn't always make the best choices and my life didn't always reflect that of a believer. But when I really made a decision to fully surrender my life to Jesus and to truly live out this Christian walk, my life changed for the better. I really can't even imagine my life without Jesus. When I think back over my life and how good God has been to me and all the things he's brought me through, I couldn't live my life without Jesus. I wouldn't wanna live without him. And so I've had the privilege throughout my lifetime of being able to share Christ with others and being able to lead others to Christ. And I can tell you, there's no more of a fulfilling thing. There's nothing more fulfilling than being able to lead somebody into a relationship with Christ Jesus. And so today, we're really going to look at this and kind of dig into First of all, why it's important for us to share Christ, and then how do we do it from a practical sense? So the first thing uh, when we think about why we should tell others, it's the Great Commission. It's the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, Jesus said, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations.'" Help the people to learn of me, believe in me and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is shortly after he's been resurrected from the dead and the word is getting out. Jesus is alive and well. And one of the first instructions he gives his disciples is to go tell people about me. Help people to understand who I am and to believe in me. Make disciples. And so the number one reason why we should tell others is because Jesus commanded us to. If you are a believer, you're a follower of Christ. It's our responsibility to share him with others. And I think so often we put that responsibility on the pastor. Right. Or the preacher or the person who's up on stage. But it's not just their responsibility. Every believer has the responsibility to share Christ with others. That's the only way that the gospel is going to be spread around the world. And so it's the Great Commission. The second reason why we should share Christ is it's good news. It's good news when you think about your own life and you think about what Jesus has done for you and the impact that he's had in your life. It's good news and you should want to share it with others. You know, I know in this pandemic, this year has been crazy, right? It's been one of the most unusual years that probably most of us would say we've experienced and things that used to just be kind of normal every day. Items that you would buy from the store, like toilet tissue and Lysol and Clorox wipes and disinfectant spray, all of these things that, you know, were just normal everyday items, suddenly were in such high demand, you couldn't find them anywhere. And even today, you still can't find these things hardly ever. And so one of my neighbors... Uh, You know, we we talk often and she's always looking out for me. And so, you know, when she's out and about shopping, if she's somewhere in the store and she finds some Lysol spray or some Clorox wipes, she'll text me and say, hey, girl, you got to get over here. They just put some out. They've got Lysol wipes. It's good news, right? I found some Lysol wipes and I'm going to share it with you because I know you need it. Now, how much more? Should we want to share Jesus? He's so much greater than a Lysol wipe, right? It's good news when you think about what Jesus has done in your life. And how many people do you know who are searching for answers and who are hopeless and desperate for hope and peace and joy? And you and I, we have the answer and his name is Jesus. And so we should want to share that good news. When you translate the gospel in the Bible, specifically in Acts chapter 14 and verse 21, when you translate that word in the Greek, it literally means good news. And so you should want to share it with others. Another reason why you should tell others about Jesus you know, caring is sharing. That's something we teach our children all the time, right? When we're trying to teach them the importance of giving and not being selfish. Think about the people in your life who you love, who you care about, your friends, your family members, your coworkers. If you really love and care about them, you want the best for them, right? You wouldn't want to hold back anything that could potentially be a game changer in their lives. And so when you think about that, it should really compel you to want to share Christ with people. You know, and part of the the reason I think that we struggle with sharing the gospel and with sharing Christ, quite honestly, is just a lot of times it's just fear, you know, fear of rejection, fear of, stumbling over our words how do I say it what do I say what if I don't say it the right way but I want you to think about it in this sense if you are out at the beach and everybody's having a good time and suddenly you hear somebody screaming and you look over and see somebody drowning they're going under they need help In that moment, most of us, our natural instinct is going to be, I've got to help this person. So if you've got a life raft that you can give that person to help them to stop drowning, would you sit back and analyze the situation and think, oh, well, what if I throw the life raft to them and, you know, it hits them in the arm? Are they going to be upset Or what if I don't toss it right or they haven't asked me for help. So that's not my business. I'm not going to get involved. Somebody else will do it. No, none of us would do that. In that moment, we see somebody drowning, somebody going under, somebody needs help. And we've got something that can help them. So you're going to jump in and you're going to help. You can think about it just like that. In life, there are so many people around us, so many people in our family, so many of our friends, so many people in our circles of life who are drowning in life. They're desperate for answers, they need help. And you and I, we have the answer and his name is Jesus. And so don't allow fear, fear of rejection, fear of not getting it right or not sounding the right way and all of that stuff to hold you back from sharing something in the name of Jesus that can be a lifesaver for somebody else. And so we should share Christ because it's the Great Commission, it's good news, and because we care about the people in our lives. And so now that we've talked about why we should share Christ, let's talk about the practical uh, answers of how, how do we share Christ? Because that's where a lot of us get stuck, right? So we're going to talk about the five P's today. So if you're taking notes, write these down. The first P is presence, presence. In Matthew chapter five in verse 13 through 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Don't hide the light of Jesus that is on the inside of you. Don't hide it. Don't conceal it. He said you wouldn't take a light and put it under a bushel or hide it. No, you put it out for everyone to see so that it can provide light for those who may be in darkness. And so when we talk about presence, Wherever you are in your social circles, when you're around your family, when you're around your friends, when you're just going about everyday life, you should not hide the Jesus on the inside of you. And that doesn't mean you have to go around preaching to people or beating people over the top of the head with the Bible or with scriptures. It just means live your life in such a way that he shines through you. Live your life so that people see Jesus in you in your everyday living. Be present with people, but allow Jesus to shine through you. And I think that, you know, it's really important to stress here when we become saved, it's not time then for us to go into our little hole and just hang out with our Christian friends and stay in our circle around people who think like us and love Jesus like us. That is great. And it's great to fellowship with other believers and it's comfortable to be around other believers. But the assignment that we have is not to keep him to ourselves, but to go out and share him with those around us. We are to be in the world, not of it. What does that mean? You can still live in this world and not live like the world. And that's the thing that the world needs to see. They need to see that, hey, this person is like me. I can relate to them. We hang out. We have fun. But there's something different about them. There's something different that I see in their life and I want what they have. And so be present and let his light shine through you. The second P is persuasion. Persuasion. And so in Acts chapter 28, verses 23 and 24, it says they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. And so persuasion, the art of persuasion, right? It says right here, Paul was trying to persuade them about Jesus. He was trying to convince them of who Jesus is. Like, hey, he's the way, the truth, the life. He's the hope of the world. And that is what it means when we talk about persuading people, how we share Christ is we try to persuade them. But guess what? It's not our responsibility to make them believe. That's the Holy Spirit's business. Our job is just to tell them, our job is just to share Christ and then he will do the work, he will do the rest. And so, so often we get hung up on, well, what if I say something or I share Jesus and and they don't believe or they don't receive what I'm trying to share, that's okay. You know that you did your job, you know that you have shared and you've given them an opportunity to receive Christ but it's really the Holy Spirit who begins to do the work in people's hearts, right? And so we talked about that a couple weeks ago, the Holy Spirit and his job. And so don't put that weight on yourself that you have to make people believe. All you have to do is just share. All you have to do is just try to persuade, but then trust the Holy Spirit to do the work. And so the third P is proclamation, proclamation. To proclaim means to tell publicly, to share publicly. Romans 1 and 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has been too good for me. He's done too much in my life for me to be ashamed. And so often the enemy will try to make us feel like we should be ashamed of the fact that we are Christ followers or that we're serving the Lord. We shouldn't be ashamed. He's been so good to us. You know, I've uh, been married to my husband, Matt, now for six years. We just recently celebrated our six year anniversary. And I'll never forget. The day that we stood at the altar and we publicly made our vows, it was one of the happiest days of my life, a day I had prayed for for so long. And what would happen if all of a sudden I went from being so proud and excited about the fact that I was married to suddenly I'm ashamed to talk about him. I don't want people to know You know, I don't want people to know I don't want to wear my ring because what what will they think? Or what if they don't agree with marriage or that's foolishness? I would have some serious issues in my marriage if I was ashamed. Right. To talk about my husband. And in the same way, we should not be ashamed of our relationship with Jesus. We should not be ashamed. You should always be prepared to tell your story. What is it that Jesus has done for you? How has he impacted your life? And I would encourage you to even practice sharing your story, you know, your elevator pitch, if you will, so that when those opportunities come, you're ready to be able to share your story with others. And another thing I want to stress here, you can proclaim the good news about Jesus without berating people. So often, you know, you see those people on the corners and they're yelling at people, repent, repent, you're going to hell. And I'm not gonna judge people for the way that they try to share Christ, but I'll just say this. I've never witnessed anyone give their heart to Christ as a result of that approach. And what I'm saying is you can share Jesus with people without having to berate and condemn and make people feel like they're the worst person on the planet. Just share your story. What has he done for you? What has he done in your life? And then power. Power is our fourth P. Your life should speak so well of Jesus that people want what you've got, that people want what you've got. And I'm going to read this passage in Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 25. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. You see that 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 jail jail guy, jailman, he witnessed the power of God in action He saw something happen that he knew was supernatural. He knew Paul and Silas were carriers of the power of God. And when he witnessed it for himself, he said, what must I do to be saved? Your life should exemplify the power of God in such a way that people are desperately seeking what you have. You know, there's a guy named Smith Wigglesworth, and if you've never heard of him, I encourage you to look him up. But this man walked with such a power and such authority and miracle signs and wonders followed to the point that he would literally just be walking around or riding on the train. And the power and glory of God was exuding from his life in such a way that people would just say, man, what do I need to do to get saved? What do I need to do to get what you've got? And that's how our lives should speak of him. And then the final P is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the most vital tool that we have when we're believing for our loved ones and our friends and family members to be saved. Pray for them. I encourage you, make a prayer list if there are people in your life that you're believing for God to save them, write their names down and every day, pray over that list, pray over those specific names. And listen, you may not be the one who leads them to Christ, but because you're praying for them, God may send somebody else along their pathway to lead them to Christ. And so prayer is a powerful key. And not only praying for people, but then having the courage to pray with people when the opportunity presents itself pray with them to receive Christ. Romans 10:9 says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. It's just that simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it. When the opportunity presents itself Be ready to pray with people to lead them to Christ. Be ready to pray the prayer of salvation. And so as we wrap this up, just a couple of final thoughts here. In Ephesians 5 and 16, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of the opportunities that are presented to you. And you know, every day, every day we have opportunities, but sometimes we're not tuned in to the voice of the Holy Spirit when he's whispering to us, here's an opportunity to share Jesus. Here's an opportunity to be a light. Here's an opportunity to love somebody, to encourage somebody. And we just have to be tuned in to his voice. It may not be that you're gonna pray the prayer of salvation, but you may plant the seed, right? And then somebody else may come along and water that seed. And as time goes on, that person will eventually come into the knowledge of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we have to be willing to make the most of those opportunities, whatever that looks like. It may be that God tells you to buy somebody's coffee at Starbucks. And just that simple kind act may open up a door for you to have a conversation with that person and encourage them and maybe even pray with them. And I would encourage you even in this, don't be afraid to ask people if you can pray with them. Sometimes you'll have those opportunities where people are just, you know, uh, divulging, you know, and confiding in you about things they're going through in life. Don't be afraid to ask, hey, can I pray with you? At the end of our lives, it's not really going to matter how much money we had or how many promotions we got on the job or all the things that we get caught up in, the only thing that God's really gonna be concerned about is how many people did you share me with? How many people did you share Christ with? It's not enough for us to make it to heaven, but we should wanna bring everybody we know with us. And so as we wrap this up today, I want to take this opportunity to pray first of all with those of you who maybe you've never accepted Christ into your heart. Maybe you've never taken that step of faith. And I want to give you an opportunity right now to do that. And so if that's you, or maybe you once were serving the Lord and you find yourself far away and you need to come back into the right relationship with Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to hear this message today about the importance of Christ and the difference that Jesus can make in our lives. And I ask you in this moment to come into my heart, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Cleanse me of my sins and give me the strength to live my life for you every day and to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.